Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Evolver Mindset podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Robin Hulbert. Uh, hi, Robin, are you okay? Hi, Phil. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, good. Just checking I didn't get that surname right. Yeah, certainly is right. Oh, oh spot on, spot on. Um, so thanks for joining us, Robin. And uh, obviously I've known you for, uh, for a number of years now, um, since your time at, at Barrow and things. Uh, but for any of our listeners, do you just want to share some of your sort of your your passion and some of the things that you that you you've done in the football world? Yeah, um, played football for obviously a number of years. Um, one of my dreams was being a footballer. I wouldn't say I was any good, Phil, but I um, I've lived the dream. Um, started playing when I was around about fourteen, signed for Everton as schoolboys. Um, it went from there really. Um, made my debut at sixteen at Swindon. Uh, then moved on to Bristol um, and potted around for a little bit and then went to Port Vale and finished more or less at Barrow at the end of my career, which was probably one of the successful or most memories I've got for was playing at Wembley in the final, which is really good. Um, obviously, when I finished playing football, I had to do something like a number of footballers and was started to sweat getting towards the end of my career. Um, and I spoke to a friend who we were looking at doing a football coaching sort of company, but there was so many different people that offered that. So we, we thought, how could we be different, Phil? Yeah. So when I used to live in Stoke-on-Trent, the area was quite deprived. So we looked at a number of sort of the, the youngsters around there lacked a lot of discipline, etc. So we tried putting a little bit of discipline in with the football because everyone loves football. And um, we went into schools and done little bits of uh, like a model sort of programming around football around a football club and it went strength to strength really and then we sort of put a bit of education in there and since then we've got our own independent school Ofsted registered um so it's all going quite well and now I, I i set up a a football academy in liverpool which is probably the best place in the country to to do it because they're so passionate about football um to try and help the, the youngsters um, giving them the sort of the technical skills, but also the mindset to hopefully go on and do well in not only football but life, really. No, it's fantastic. I, I've been down to uh, been down to the ground there on, on a few times. I've done some sessions with uh, some of your, your families and stuff. So no, it's it's really admirable uh, the work that you're doing and you're giving something back to your community. That's why we were really keen to uh, to get you on as well. Um, yeah. So. What you you know about around me, Robin? When I, you know I didn't have, I had a, a glimpse of a career. I didn't wouldn't say I had a, I had a career in football, but uh, one thing I do know is, is mentally, when that come to an end, you know I, I did suffer. I did suffer yeah. with um, the rejection of no one wanting you. And you know, I won a couple of yeah. you know com- conference at Maxfield Town and stuff like that. So like low level stuff. But when it come to an end, I, I really did suffer when when no one wanted you. <laughs> I, I I was on probably the other end of the football. By the time my career was coming to an end, I'd done my I had a bad injury, Phil. Mm. Um, done my cruise ship. Mm. It it got to the point where I was glad to get out of the football uh, to a certain degree because I was chasing the dream all the time. Mm. Um, towards the end of my career, going for one or two years, then having that rejection mm. of not getting a contract because I suffered with a few injuries, bad injuries. Um, then I'd have to find another club. And in the end, I think it got me a little bit despondent from football. And I thought, you know what? It was a release when 
I went and done something totally different. Um, now I miss the football, but at the time it was good to get out. And dur- during my career, sort of, I had a, a, quite a bit of a wobble. To be fair, um, at the time I didn't realise it was to do with like mental health. I just thought it was me. You think, come on, you you got to get yourself stronger. I lost my mum at 24. Um, I didn't really at the time mourn sort of thing because in football you have a game probably a couple of days later, so you're straight straight out training. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of years after when I was 26, I realised, and I realise now, I must have been depressed because I couldn't get out of bed. I started to turn a little bit more towards drinking, um, mm. which was make, having a knock-on effect. It was making me feel worse. Um, then I sort of lost my granddad, um, broke my foot a couple of times, and it all sort of the nose died down. Right. I just bottled everything up, Phil, and um, it was a spiral effect. And I, and I remember that. I remember the day, and I, I lived in the hotel then because I, I split up um, with um, my ex. And I lived in the hotel, and I honestly thought to myself, I don't know how I can get out of this. Yeah. Um, no one really knew friends, um, family to a certain degree, or the football club because I kept it all within myself. Um, and I didn't feel good inside myself. I used to go into football, put on a brave face. Yeah. Everyone would say, "God, he's he's really confident. He's really sort of in the change rooms." I was like one of the lads have the banter sort of thing. That was a release for me. As soon as I left, I went back to the hotel room. That was it, sort of thing. Couldn't sleep. I'd yeah. have to have to go to sleep. Um, my my body was racing. Um, loads of little things like anxiety, anxious going simple places. And I always I said in my head, I thought, how can I get rid of this? Do you know what I mean? And it, it, was, it was quite sort of got me down quite a bit. But luckily, luckily, I've um, I managed to sort of pull myself out of it. No, mate. No, thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Robert. You know, I've I've shared similar similar experiences as well. Um, and as more people are openly talking about it, it it's it's. I'm really fascinated because, it, on reflection, looking back at my life, I can I can spot certain times when mentally I, I've not been very well. I've been, been quite unwell at times, but at the time, exactly like you, I didn't know because there was either a lack of education for myself to know what was happening. Um, and also that stereotypical thing that we have is I didn't want to show weakness, so I bottle everything up. And I think that's what we're trying to do with these podcasts and what we're trying to do within our communities. Just on that, so I think the worst yep. thing for me at the time, I didn't speak to anyone. I yep. bottled it all up and I didn't want to tell a manager. Um, but at the time, I didn't realise it was depression and it yep. was. I mean, but now looking back, I, I see all them triggers them things that I was doing or the things that I felt was definitely depression. At the time, didn't speak to anyone. I felt I was in somewhere and I just wanted to get out um, in a room. I felt uncomfortable. I just just wanted to get out of that room, out of that space, do you know what I mean? And just bottle it up. And then once I got out of there, I felt fine, do you know what I mean? It was sort of, it was quite... I had a couple of bad years, do you know what I mean? It wasn't until I probably met my my wife now, who was quite a strong person, do you know what I mean? And we sort of spoke about it and I said, I've got to sort it out. I can't keep going on like that. And she understood 
Um, and, more, and pull me through it, to be honest, with their sort of positivity and sort of, yeah. um, I don't know, and sort of more resilience. It pulled me out. I'm thinking, well, I can't start feeling sorry for myself. I've lost my mum, do you know what I mean? But mm. I've got to sort of come out of this, do you know what I mean? Because I, I had children. Yeah. Um, and somehow I, I, I did, uh, I just pulled myself out and it was probably to do with my wife, do you know what I mean? Being a strong person saying, look, stop feeling sorry yourself. We need to get through this, do you know what I mean? And I did. I realised what triggered it off, drinking, yeah. made it 10 times worse. Um, sent me on a really, really low sort of thing. Um, but obviously I like drinking. And it made me happy drinking. Then the next day, I was low again, do you know what I mean? And then it was a knock-on effect. You'd have a drink if I went somewhere it makes you feel better because I had to have a drink. Yeah. Then following day, bang, you're down low again sort of thing. And that day were the triggers. And now, the best trigger i found is doing physical fitness, do you know what I mean? So if I'm not feeling great, do you know what I mean? And I generally haven't had many days, do you know what I mean, where I don't feel great because I feel mentally in the best place I've felt for a long time. Mm. I'll take myself on a run um, or go in the gym. Do you know? And that's how I see, that's my sort of medicine to a certain degree, Phil. No, no, absolutely. And Robin, you'd be, you'd be amazed and that, that's part of the reasons that we run the programme is a lot of people come on our, to our programme and our sessions and we have five stages to the programme and most people are stuck. We call it phase one, stuck. They don't know why they're feeling it. Um, they, they're just in a certain hole almost as if and they don't know how to get out of it uh, and they want some support. But the first stage two is accepting help. That's the key, biggest step that we've got. And it's understand when people are there, we know we can help them then or we can, they can help themselves, we say. And the third one is taking ownership and, and acceptance and, and listening to just, I was fascinated just listening to what you were saying because there, okay, what you've done is yeah, okay, I've lost my mum, uh, but it's, it's, it's almost a conscious decision, but it's time to move on. It's, it's either held me back, it's done this. So it's that acceptance that I can't change this situation. All I can do is work on it, work on myself each day just to try and, and sort of get myself back. Um, also being, I've been in that situation, Robin, being in digs down, playing in Exeter and playing in other places. And it can be a really lonely place. You're away from your family. You're away from your loved one. You know, I'm from Liverpool. You know, couldn't get pretty much further away up in Exeter, or down in Exeter, sorry. Uh, and, and, it, and I really struggled with it. And I think it did impact, you know, you know it can be clear at certain times because uh, I'm a very family-orientated person. And I was sort of cut off from it. And then that bravado, that dressing room, if you can't go in and sit down and go, oh, I am Robin, well, guess what? I'm missing me, ma. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not something that you do as, as or, we, or we would have done back then as men, you know, sitting yeah. there going, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit down, mate, you know. You know. Uh, and, and the fascinated older thing around the alcohol, because we will have the alcohol to avoid the situation, to numb the pain almost, or to make us feel ourselves good but it's a depressant. And yeah. what will happen is that that's that journey that you were on and it was spiraling and out. The other thing that I picked up, I was fascinated listening to you, Robin, was then when you were saying that if you were exercising every day, you were saying that now exercise is your medicine, almost, or is your pill. But you were a footballer and you were training every day. But what we call is these life events were coming in and was knocking you, you know, the blindsiders. What we always yeah. say, it was weird at the time. 
I had a couple bad injuries and that didn't help. So I wasn't playing football field. So I broke my foot. I was out for quite a bit. Yeah, I could still do a certain degree of exercise in the gym. Come back again, broke my foot. So a little spiral. But it, I didn't recognise that sort of running around was releasing and making me feel good. Do you know what I mean? Where is yeah went to the drink, do you know what I mean? But now I know I'll have a couple of drinks uh, as a relaxed sort of thing, but I know my sort of limit a little bit now where, and I know keeping fit, do you know what I mean? Puts me and makes me feel great about myself. Yeah. Um, that's something I, I know how my body triggers and I've built that up now. And I think, do you know what? If I don't do the exercise and stuff like that, so a couple of weeks, then I probably don't feel as good mentally yeah. sharp as what I, I would like. Do you know what I mean? So then I think, you know what? I've got to go back to it, um, doing a little bit of sort of thing. And that's brilliant, and, and that's and that's what when people come on onto our sessions, that may have been where you was who was stuck and didn't know. You know, one of the key things we do, you know, we do advocates is, is exercise, yeah. but but also not just the exercise; it, it's building strategies. So yeah. stages three and four of our program, we're looking at stress and anxiety management and we're looking yeah. at low self-esteem. A lot of these sorts of things are aimed at building, helping each participant to build their own coping strategies. Yeah, you, yeah. You've, you've, you've learnt yours through probably... I've done, I've, done I've done sort of that. I went through a spell because I, I, I was clutching, I was clutching for different things. Um, and at that spell, I couldn't see myself getting out of it and I was like, sugar, I need to... Every day I'd go to I'll go to bed thinking, wake up, hopefully I'm gonna, that's gone, all that anxiety. And it, I hadn't, and I'd, I'd battle it, do you know what I mean, during the day, have waves, and it wouldn't be every minute of the day, but it might be, something might bring it on. And you'd have a wave of anxiety, and you're like, oh God, I need to get rid of this. So I've, I've got like a, a CD, it was at the time, and it sort of taught your brain. So I tried to sort of, overpower my brain by talking to sort of it to try and take all the bad thoughts out yeah um and it did a little bit work to a certain degree because but it would drain my energy mm. <laughs> so my brain would be telling me stuff that i didn't want to hear then i'd talk to it do you know what i mean and try and eliminate that then the next wave of thought would come in and it, and it almost got to a point where sort of my energy would be drained just from trying to battle myself a little bit yeah yeah, so. and it's fine, and it's fine, and what works for you, and that's the that's the key thing. Um, you know, I'm reading something at the moment around the, the chimp paradox. I don't know if you've uh, come across yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, and I, and I'm fascinated with the the relationship we have with our thoughts. So yeah. if we're constantly flooding our brains full of negative thoughts, we're, we're constantly flooding our brains full of cortisol, the stress hormone. Yeah. Uh, but exercise releases the good chemicals. So it's about, you know, so I'm really exploring my own journey as well as doing this with Evolving Mindset. I'm exploring myself. I'm I'm finding through experience, looking back, I can see different spells and different times where they go, actually, I was really struggling then, but I didn't know it at the time. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So, you know, so thanks for for sharing everything. that I, I've I've really, really enjoyed the you know listening to some of the stuff yeah. you know knowing you it's the first time we've talked like this as well which yeah, is which yeah. really. so what moving on to it what it's a really difficult time for everyone at the moment around COVID but we're keen to ask all each of our guests on the podcast what particularly have you found the most difficult um, and how have you dealt with it pretty much um, I think. <laughs> 
more so the not my, not a lot has totally changed in terms of like the work sort of thing because at the moment obviously I do a school an independent school for vulnerable children so we have been open technically all the time so that hasn't been restricted um, I'd say more so from the the sort of football side of things has been difficult because um, I see it in the children uh, little triggers where you think they're not going to like training or sports clubs that worries me a little bit um, because they start sort of having that social interaction with the friends um, obviously now me knowing how important it is for myself the exercise and I realise how important it is for the children sort of thing um, but the, ben the benefit from it on the other hand I would say little things like this this Zoom sort of uh, call or the, the podcast stuff like this is brought in my eyes that it's just not through meeting people to to have a meeting we can we can sort of have meetings of like whatsapp and stuff like that so we can communicate just as well now because of sort of the IT nowadays is massive sort of yeah. Yeah. so something like this is brilliant um, so like my family lives miles and miles away sort of thing so technically it's a good way of sort of communicating because you still see each other what you can communicate really Phil so it's yeah um, I, I, I we were joking the other day when we said oh my imagine imagine Covid back in like when we were kids yeah. when we had when we had the, the ZX Spectrum I try and tell my lads about my boys about uh, what technology we had back then and it was like it was like Tetris and like that game yeah. where you had you played tennis with like a block on either side <laughs> I won't say I've got a face for radio anyway, so I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, won't, I won't comment on that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that moves us on to sort of some of the, the, the last points, Robin, uh, of today is, you know, what sort of positives have you... I've had many, and I think the listeners are probably would have probably bored of listening to mine now, but, um, you know, if there's been any positives, you said about technology and still being able to contact family and stuff, but... Is there any personal sort of positives that you found from it that you've learned about yourself? Um, I think, I think in terms of sort of motivation, you sort of um, you take it probably a step back a little bit because you have a little bit more time to think about things that you want to achieve. And obviously, life life goes quick, Phil. So, mm. in terms of that, then I think you strip back and say, do you know what? The things that are important um, to me, um, like the family and stuff like that, is it's been a massive bonus. Do you know what I mean? Because you've been around them a lot, um, seeing the children sort of a lot every day. Do you know what I mean? More and trying to sort of build that resilience a part of their life. So when they get to sort of a bit older, they they've got them sort of that bounce back ability sort of thing. So if things go against them, they can sort of do you know what? I know how to deal with it sort of thing. So that's probably the most positive because I've been around them a lot. I'm trying to sort of, my lad's probably like, dad, stop going on, stop going on. But to give them triggers, do you know what I mean? Because one day it will, it will happen, do you know what I mean? Things won't go the way. So it's trying to give them that support and bounce back where they can sort of kick on again, really. Yeah. No, oh, brilliant. So what's, um, what are the plans for the future, Robin, for yourself? So, um, Okay, you're doing this with your academy. Have you got? Have yeah, you got any? I've got. I've got a few plans. I've got a burn desire feel, and it's one running out of time. Yeah. I've always said for charity, I'd love to do like a really big thing, 
um, I'll try and keep myself fit. Um, I'd love to do something like the Tour de France, you know, for charity. Mm. Um, just get on a bike and sort of ride. I'm running out of time now and I keep, it's not putting it off, it's just the time when you sort of, because it takes a lot to do the training and stuff like that. So that would be something I'm burning for fitness-wise, football-wise, um, for the academy just to keep developing um, stuff like that with the teams in supporting the young children so what whatever their dreams are really so if it's a footballer support for a footballer if it's to be a bricklayer then support them to be a bricklayer um but other than that not 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 too much you know what i mean unless it's getting back into football for, on a daily basis but um time will tell uh, and, and, and I'm not sure whether you're the similar um, as us, but we obviously we heavily rely on funding and charity events yeah. and people doing like sponsored things for us. But so if there was any um, sponsor or people who were in positions to sponsor, um, what sort of what sort of things? How could they support you with at the football academy? Um, more more so probably around sort of more kits and stuff like that. You know, and stuff for the making it the best place possible for the young children really and the families that go there because it's not like you say mental health yeah it's good for the children it's brilliant to get them out getting positive playing football but also I think people forget that the, the dads that go the mums that go um, having a facility for me where like yourself when you've come in Phil um, like evolving mindset to speak to the parents because sometimes it's probably one of the best places to talk about things because they go there, they're watching the child, but they're talking to other parents and just to open up and to have a facility possibly where someone like yourself, um, where they can go in and talk to someone about mental health. Look, I'm not feeling like this today. How can you help? Bang, bang, bang. This is the right place to go in. Something like that is, would be amazing sort of for, for our football club, but also for the local community. No, no, I, I completely agree, Rob. I completely agree. Yeah. And hopefully, things in the future, you know, that that could be a dream, that could, or yeah. something like a goal that we could we could look at. Um, but no, listen, thanks so much for coming on. I've, I've th I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. No, I know so much more about you that, that I knew before the <laughs> uh, call, because uh, we're blokes and we probably played football and chatted in had the banter in the dressing room yeah. and and uh, I'd maybe had a pint and had a laugh and a joke, but. It's really good to get to know people on a different level. Uh, yeah. That makes sense as well. Uh, but thanks very much for everything, Robin. And we will catch you all at our next episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Cheers, Phil. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, mate.